Hey there, thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better, and our heart is to reach, send, nurture, and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app, to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Fantastic. Um... So welcome to church this morning. Welcome to Resound Church. We're glad that you're here with us. I'd like to pray. Father, thank you. We're able to be together here to, with one another today. And we just ask that you would move by your Holy Spirit, that you would speak to people, that you would minister to people, that you would, Lord, let them know that they're loved, that they're cared for, that you're watching over us, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I was going to say you can be seated, which you can if you want to, uh, assuming you're standing. But if you're already seated, then stay right where you are. I want to thank these guys. You know, they come in week after week. Tim and Katie now are playing. And I was thinking, you know, we could really mix it up next week. We could have, you know, maybe Pip playing the keyboards and Trent singing, playing the guitar. It would make for some entertaining uh, experiences. And uh, I could be down the back trying to do what Pip's doing. And let me tell you, uh, having no sound would be the least of your worries. You probably have no vision either. And uh, that would just be a blank screen. But hey, it's great to be back with you this morning. I want to continue where we began or where we began last week. And this message is called An Eye for Generosity. And I spoke last week from Matthew chapter 6 in particular, where we talked about the eye and how uh, in the Old Testament, the New Testament, the eye is, um, it, it, it's operation is different to what we anticipate. In other words, what I was saying is, you know, they say that the eye is like the lamp of the body, but when they say lamp, it's like torch. It's like, you know, what comes out from my eye is actually highlighting something that I'm looking at. And um, and it, it's coming from within me and it's turning a focus onto the thing that I'm looking at. And um, and, and, and we spoke a little about that, you know, a whole bunch of verses of Scripture, which you didn't get on the screen, but that's okay as well. And um, took those from the Psalms and Proverbs and things like that. But the point is this, you, you know, the Bible is clear that, you, you know, God's desire is to live within us. It's His plan, it's His purpose to live and to dwell within us. You know, our hearts have been changed, it says, in Ezekiel, we have a heart of flesh. It's malleable. It's it's able to be um, changed, if you like. And when we ask Christ to come and live inside of us, the intent is that our lives will continue to go through a process of transformation. That we will be sanctified, if you like, become more like Jesus Christ. And uh, you know, I'll get to the verse of scripture a little later. But the fact is, Christ ought to now live within me. And if that's true, if Christ is living within me, then what I look at with my eyes should be affected by the Christ perspective I have as a result of him influencing my core values. In other words, when I look at something or someone, my core values uh, prompt me towards action. I'm going to read to you again from Matthew chapter 6. Remind you of the passages that we went through last week. And then we'll go from there. Matthew 6, 19 to 24 says this. 
Jesus speaking. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Then, If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one or love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And again, you know, the question is, or the question I left you with last week is, what do you see? Because what you see is born out of what's going on on the inside of you. You know, we, we spoke briefly last week about the fact, you know, the works of the flesh, uh, envy, pride, all of those things, have, they come from within us. You, you know, looking at a new car only works to produce covetousness if it comes from within. The car itself is inanimate. It, do, it doesn't have the power to, to tempt at all. It's what's inside of me that makes the difference. You, you know, Jesus was in the temple one time and uh, he's seen the, the widow with the two mites is, is, is how we recall it. The woman with the two coins and he commented to those who were around about and he said, this woman has given more than all of you. And, and they were looking at the value of the coins What Jesus was doing was looking at the value of the giving that came from her heart. And he actually said that she'd given more because she'd given of all that she had, whereas they just gave a small portion. John chapter 5 verse 6 says this, When Jesus saw him and knew he'd been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? And the story here is Jesus is at the temple uh, beside a pool. And this man had been lying there for 38 years unwell. And so Jesus sees this man and, and he asks him the question, would you like to get well? And now to us that would be, of course he wants to get well. But Jesus was looking at what was inside of the man, not, was, not what was external. He wasn't looking at his physical disability. He was looking at the heart of the man. Now, the, this man had been shaped probably by his disability. He's got to a mindset or a place where he is probably comfortable with his disability to the extent he's not actually ambitious about resolving that because he'd found a way to survive. He'd found a way to continue And the question Jesus was asking was more about what was going on in the inside of the guy. Do you want to get well? In other words, do you want to change in your circumstance? Do you want to go beyond your disability and get up and and have to go to work and earn money rather than begging for money? Do Do you want to stay within the safe parameters that you've created for yourself? Or do you want me to bring a change or a transformation to your life that will make a significant difference for you? It's a valid question. Jesus was looking at, 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 at what was going on on the inside of this man and um, there was insights there that were available to everyone who was able to look. But we think 
obviously at only external things. We think of, oh, well, of course he would want to get well. His, his, his legs were crippled or his arms are crippled or whatever. Of course he would want to get well. That's not always true. Because sometimes people find themselves in a circumstance where they would prefer to stay in the safe environment they've created for themselves than to move out into something new. And so my question to you is, what do you see when you look out around about you? You see a, a person who's struggling, doing, doing it tough. Do you look with compassion? Do you look with derision? Do you look with a, a, a heart of what can I do to help? Or do you look with a, why don't they go and get a job? You, you see, the, the answers to the question, what do you see, come from deep within you. My computer will come back on soon, it's okay. They come from deep within you. And, and what Jesus is speaking about here goes to the core of our values. You know, he spoke about treasure, whether we lay up treasures in heaven or treasures here. Now, the, we keep getting hung up on this about money. We, we think it's all about money. It's got nothing to do with money. Money is one small, minute component of generosity. What Jesus is speaking about is what, what dwells within us, and that ought to be him. So a little further on, uh, a question I want to ask you again that follows on from what do you see? How do you feel? How do you feel when you look at someone? Do you feel obligated? Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 says this, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. The point here is this, that the transformation that we need, the transformation that will make the significant difference, not only for us, but for all around about us, happens deep within our hearts and it comes out through our actions, which are affected by um, what we see, how we feel. And there is a world around about us that's going through difficult times. We understand that. Just this morning, the news, and I won't give you the numbers. I know the numbers. I won't give you the numbers. I don't want to... I don't want to depress you further, but it looks like we'll be continuing in lockdown for some time yet. And, and, and the question, you know, how do you feel? The question about how you feel is, is your concern about you and your circumstances, your concern about someone else and their circumstance. There's two options here. Of course, most of us think first of ourselves. I remember last week I spoke about consuming or creating. And, and, and at once it seems like the two quite different things are not actually opposites, but I'd suggest that they are. We either take in or we give out. When we give out, we're creating a new opportunity for someone or we're creating something to give to someone. When we consume, it's about what we receive. When we create, it's about what we give. And the point that Jesus is making through all that I'm saying is this. He wants us to be givers or to be creators. He wants us to replicate the action of his father so that rather than focusing on what we can take, we're focusing on what we can give. Remember last week I used the maths analogy. You know, there's, there's um, addition and multiplication or there's, uh, what did I say? Addition and multiplication, or this, or there's, uh, t you know, taking away a, a subtraction or division. One is the work of God, one is the work of man. Now, I know that's not true in maths, 
But, but when we're trying to take something, when we're trying to divide something, that, that's about us consuming. When we're trying to add or multiply for someone, that it's about doing something on behalf of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through to 15, and you won't get all these verses on the screen, but I want to read it to you because, again, it speaks about the power of generosity or the power of giving. It says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest of righteousness." You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, there is so much in this passage and in 2 Corinthians 8 as well. What had happened is Paul is on his missionary trips and on the missionary trips, what had happened is there was a famine in Jerusalem and they had determined that they were going to take up an offering to help the people in Jerusalem. And what Paul is doing is commending the Corinthians for their generosity towards that particular offering. And he's saying, hey, well done, you're doing well. And then he, in the process of his encouragement, he's also teaching them that if they give, that it will be given unto them. Another passage taken from Jesus. Basically, what he's saying is he'll give seed to the sower. Uh, He'll be able to bless you. But as a result of your giving, the people who receive the gift, in other words, those in Jerusalem suffering from the famine, they're going to give thanks to God for your gift. In other words, don't expect to get thanked yourself for what you give. Expect God to be glorified for the gifts that are given to those who are in need. Now, you may say, why all this talk about giving? Why is this so important? Ultimately, it's about the heart of God. Ultimately, it's about reproducing God's actions and activities in the lives of those around about him. We talk about being a witness to God. We talk about representing God. Well, ultimately, God is represented well when we act in character with him. In other words, when the Christ in us works its way out through us and impacts those around about us through acts of generosity that produce thanks to God from them in their circumstances. 
And Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians over and over and he says, you you know, when you begin to do the work of God by acting generously, what happens is God is glorified. He gives you greater resource so that you can continue the process. There are two things that... um, they're important here to understand. We haven't got time today to go through them all, but there's two factors here. One is generosity and the second is stewardship. You know, when, when you uh, give something to someone to take care of, the idea is that they will steward it well and when you get it back, that it will be in at least the same condition. For men, it's a simple thing. You know, you loan a power tool, maybe a chainsaw to someone If you loan it to them, ideally it goes to them in good condition. When you get it back, ideally you would get it back in at least the same condition, if not better. If it comes back in a worse condition, you're highly unlikely to lend it to them again. Now with God, what God is actually saying to us is he he owns everything. He owns all that we have, all that we are. And he expects us to be good stewardship, stewards of what we're given. And you, you know, when you go through the New Testament again, especially in the Gospels, where Jesus gives the parable of the talents, you know, how he gave uh, five to one, two to one, and, and, and one to another. And, and the five got another five, the two got another two, and the one buried what he had. In other words, he didn't exercise his stewardship responsibility and use what he had and, and, and produce something from it. And as a result, um, the one that he did have was given to the one who already had 10. And people say, well, that doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. Because God is about entrusting to those who are good stewards all that he needs to get the outcomes he's after. Go back to Matthew chapter 6 and Jesus speaks about laying up treasures in heaven rather than treasures here on earth. It is not about accruing something for yourself. It's about acknowledging God and doing his work while we're here on the earth. Does that mean you don't get things for yourself? Of course you do, but that's not the point. You know, Matthew chapter 6 and later on, it says, seek first, Matthew 6.33 says this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What, What Jesus was saying there is God will provide for all your needs if your focus is clearly on him. And too often I've heard people speak about giving and all they speak about is giving. They never had the stewardship component. The two go together. You can't be a bad steward and, a, and extremely generous because God blesses your stewardship of the resources he entrusts, entrusts to you. The third point I want to make this morning is this, do you follow through? And I've got a confession to make, there are times where I don't follow through. There are times where my eyes see a need, I feel an obligation to do something about the need The moment passes and I remember a day or two days or a week or a month later. Sometimes it's laziness, sometimes it's reluctance, sometimes it's just, uh, uh, it's like I ignore the feeling or the emotion. James 2 says this, verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see your brother or sister has no food or clothing. 
and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. In other words, if we say we follow Christ, but don't follow through with action that reflect the values that Christ espouses and make a difference for the lives of those around about us, then, then, then what's the point of faith at all? Verse 19 says, you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it has happened, happened just as the scriptures say. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith with, uh, so, so faith is dead without good works. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying today. This is not an attempt to extract finance from you. It's not an, ex- an attempt to raise money for the church. It's not an attempt to control your financial decisions. This message is about you understanding the very core of God and what he wants to do in mankind. The point of Jesus living in us is that he might operate out through us. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, on and on and on. What are they? They're all acts of generosity. The, the point of the gifts of the Spirit are to reach out and to minister the Word of God to others. If, if all we ever do is consume and never create, then how is the message of faith meant to get out to those around about us? There are times where we have an extraordinary opportunity to speak clearly the the profound message of God. But there are other times where our, if I can put it this way, our subtle and simple actions express his love anyway. And we need to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need to determine carefully and clearly what it is that we ought to do at certain times. When people are grieving, we ought to express generosity towards them. And generosity is not just finance, it's, it's actions. It may be, you know, a meal that you make. It might be a note that you send. It could be a bunch of flowers to express your condolences. In your workplace, the way you speak with people, the way you treat people is an opportunity for generosity. The way you conduct yourself with your family is an opportunity for generosity. I say that and that's really, really important because next Sunday is Father's Day. And children, the way you treat your father on Father's Day is really, really, really important. And the the presents you buy me, I mean the presents you buy your father 
should express your love for your father and the only way the message will get through is by large dollar signs. Not really. At the end of the day, what pleases the father is when a child's actions replicate the values the father has. And you know, that's what God the Father wants to do in you. That's what Jesus wants to do in you. He wants you to replicate His actions and His actions have always been about love, about generosity. You see, God in Himself is love, is acting in generosity all the time. John 3.16, a passage we know so very well. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Why did He give His Son? So that you and I can be reconciled together with Him. So we can enter into a relationship with Him. goes on John 3.17, it speaks about the fact that Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to restore them, to reconnect with them. His desire is not to judge, His desire is to reconcile. And some of you today feel uncomfortable with me talking about this act of generosity or this or, or, or giving and, 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 and what's going on. If we go back to Matthew chapter 6, what's going on is there's a competition that's taking place. It's either a love of God or a love of money. And there's a tension that builds up. And I'm not judging you for saying that. I'm trying to explain what goes on. So the tension that builds up between the two. There's a tension that builds up between consuming or creating. Jesus speaks another parable about a man who, who, who you know, brings in great crops and then he has so much grain that he has to build bigger barns. And the point is made is, what's the point in building bigger barns when, when at some point you'll die, it'll be left to someone else who won't care for all that you've built up. They'll just disperse it. It'll disappear. Do you know God loves you? And He knows the way to you experiencing completion, fulfillment lies in you becoming like Him. And it's Jude that says, you know, pray that above all things that your soul would prosper. That you'd prosper in other areas, but to muck that up completely, but that your soul, that even as your soul prospers, the other parts of your life might prosper. If I could sit you down individually and talk to you face to face, my dream, my desire is for you to find alignment with God so that you can find completion. There's a level of contentment that is only obtained in a relationship with God. But it comes also as we replicate His actions. What about you? What do you see? How do you feel? What are you doing? Have you got an eye for generosity? Or are the things of this earth worth more to you than acting on God's behalf? God wants to use you. It's not about the size of the gift. It's about the size of your heart. And you can make a significant difference to people if you're willing. Do you know, we've just begun a, a Bible reading plan 
Winning the War of Your Mind, I think it's called, but it's based on a Craig Grishel book, a great book if you get an opportunity to read it. But it's, a, it's just a seven-day plan where you read a simple devotional, a few passages of Scripture. You can join it. Uh, either go to Resound Connect, you'll find some links there so you can join in with us. But again, the, the process with this is changing your mind so that, so that this becomes more important than everything else. The reason this ought to become more important than everything else is we know that Jesus is the Word. The Word's come to live in us. It's come to live with us. Lives are changed when we act like Him. Maybe today that you don't know Jesus Christ, that that you've never had an experience with Him and you've heard of the church, or you may have heard of Him, you may have had some experience in the past, but your experience has left you hurt or pained or perhaps you lack understanding. Do you, do you know entering into a relationship with God is very, very simple. It's about accepting the, the death and resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ, and asking to enter into a relationship. God forgives you for your sin. You don't have what it, what's required to clean up your act. God will simply forgive you for your sin, enter a relationship with you if you desire. There's more information about entering into a relationship with God on our website. Go, you know, resound.church slash Jesus. You'll find some information there. Or if you like, connect with Jared in the in the uh, chat. He'd be happy to connect with you as well. But today, maybe it's the first time, maybe you want to recommit yourself to God. I'm going to pray in just a moment. I'd love for you to join with us and let's believe that God would do something profound in your life. Let's pray now. Father, my prayer today is that as, as we have heard your word, as we're learning to become more like Jesus, Lord, that you would change our hearts and that our focus would become set on creating a different circumstance for someone around about us rather than consuming for ourselves. I pray for those who, for the very first time, want to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. I pray that as they ask you into their heart, that you would do something profound in them. I pray for those who may be repenting now and turning back to you, having walked away for some reason or another, that you would meet with them as well. Father, I ask today that you would move by your Holy Spirit on all of us. None of us have made it. None of us are perfect. But as Paul says in Corinthians, we're changing from glory to glory. In other words, we're slowly and progressively becoming more like you. I pray for those around about us that they too would benefit from our acts of kindness, our acts of generosity. I thank you for what you've taught me as a steward. Thank you for what you've taught me with regard to generosity. So many testimonies of your provision and your goodness. And I pray for others too, that they'd be able to testify in the same way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 
Hey, thanks for joining with us today. We're going to finish in just a moment with another song. But if you need to talk to us, if you need help, if you're discouraged, reach out. Reach out via Resound Connect. Reach out via the chat online. Reach out via the website. Pick up a phone, call somebody, message somebody. We want to help if we can. If you simply want to mourn the current situation that we're all in, then sometimes it's good to do that as well. And to say, hey, listen, I'm doing it tough. Well, that's okay. There's lots of people doing it tough. If we stand by one another, if we stand with one another, makes it a little easier for us all. Next Sunday is Father's Day and we've got something special in store. We've got a, it'll be a, 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 like a panel that will operate. It will have been done online. And we want to encourage you to get involved in that and learn and listen from other people's experiences. It'll be a simple, short message that will wrap that up as well. But hey, for now, I just want to say thanks for being with us. I'm going to hand back to Tim and to Katie. Uh, I want to give thanks to Trent and, and Pip as well, you know, for their efforts. Have a great day. We look forward to seeing you all soon. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.